A billion years ago, there was nothing but space Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus But planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know Hello, babies. Welcome to uh, our first ever live podcast. Yeah. Uh, by a round of applause, how many of you have ever listened to the show? <laughs> oh, it's a lot. Okay. Oh, that's that's. My, how, uh, many, how many of you know what a podcast is? <laughs> yeah. Woo. Okay. Right. How, how many of you have never listened to the show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they're like raising their hands. They're like, I don't want this recorded. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, what should we tell them? What should we tell people who don't know anything about our podcast? Uh, um, lower you your expectations. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, Dad, that's enough. <laughs> that was your one. And now you're done. Or I will have you escorted out. It would be my pleasure. Uh, Baby Geniuses is a show about knowledge, uh, mostly fake knowledge, that we pretend is real. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Is that a good way of summarizing our podcast? We like to bring people on and have them talk about stuff they know that we don't. And we also like to talk about things we think we know. Um, And, yeah. And and then we also just like to gab like gals, right? (laughs) (laughs) Is Is that a fair way to talk about it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've been doing it for a few months. Um, mm-hmm. I'm Emily, by the way. Oh, I'm Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> and how about a hand for our live band, Nate Heller? I thought about calling you the Baby Geniuses Trio. <laughs> Just because it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The sweatshirt, the guitar, and the computer. For those of you listening at home, he's wearing a tie dyed hooded sweatshirt that is as magic as you think it is. <laughs> our grandmother gave me for Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) I like how there was some audience affirmation, like, yeah, that was a grandma gift, I can tell. Um, So uh, what should we talk about up top before we really start the show? Um, We normally like to start the show by just, you know, catching up with each other. Yeah, how was your Christmas? My Christmas was delightful. Yeah. How was yours? Really good. Um, We had it this morning, actually. We we waited a bit. Slackers. Um, I've been trying to talk my family into doing that... (laughs) For years, because then you can shop on the 26th, exactly. hit all the sales, and yeah. then, yeah. You can order on the 26th, and Amazon delivers it the next day. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Well, you should just have Christmas whenever Amazon delivers all your shit. Yeah. Because it's never on Christmas. <laughs> so it was nice. I hear, yeah. you, I hear you brought one of your gifts with yeah, you. Yeah, I brought, um, well, okay, so my brother killed it at giving gifts this year, and my favorite gift was a taxidermied baby duck. Oh my god. Yeah. That's such a bummer. <laughs> but it's so soft. It's I mean, it's cute until you realize it's dead. Yeah. Right? No, it lives forever behind it, glass. Yeah, I guess um, so. What position is it in? Oh, it's just sort of. Is it mid walk or is it just standing there? Just standing, like it's about to. Okay, because pre- my pre waddle. One time I walked in on my old roommate shopping online for taxidermied baby ducks. Um, I don't know how I have a story related to this, but I do. And there were three of them, and they were, like, walking in a line. And I was like, you can't buy those. No. 
that's just one. Um, but he also gave me another gift. Um, I'll show you guys what it is. I'm so excited. I saw this earlier. I'm not going <clears> to <throat> pretend like I didn't. It is a breast massager. <laughs> yeah. For people listening, it's pink, obviously, and it's got weird spiky rollers on it. Um, um, would you like to? I'll demonstrate. Oh, no. Sure. <laughs> I don't know why you can't just get a back massager and repurpose it. How does it feel? Someone just, there's some perv who's just like, I just want to know that women are using it. That's why he made it. Um, there's a lot of instructions on the back. It says, please do, not, please do not use the product on sensitive skin or deceased skin. So, okay, down, first Emily. of all, put it down. If you, if you are the type of person who's going to take a boob massager and put it on a dead person, you're not reading the instructions and obeying them. How do you have access to a corpse? Rule breaking. That's the only way. What else does it say? The, the back of this thing is really funny. Um, it says not to scale mount particles by stars to give the skin a different excitement. <laughs> I don't know what that so means. So it's not from America. No, it's from China. Yeah. Wait, I'm Wait, how to use holding the handle put in the chest. Roller above according to established root. Established root? <laughs> what kind of woman do they think I am? <laughs> Carrying the push and pull massage. From the chest up and down to the roots of the clavicle. Repeated that- movements. This was not made by a doctor. <laughs> I think you're definitely doing it wrong. It's oh, supposed it to feels be- terrible. <laughs> it feels horrible. Um, well, your brother is a real perv for giving this to you. <laughs> Yep, that's all I have to say about that. I wanted to mention really quickly on the on the right over here, um, I, I cut someone off on the way to the bridge because I ended up in the fast track lane. And um, I don't know why I'm telling the story. So I paid for him yeah. when I was going through the toll. It was so generous. And, and we were talking about like when you do that, because like, I've, I've had someone do that for me before. I've done that for people even when I didn't cut them off. Right? Yeah. yeah. I don't remember why I brought this up. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Oh. Well, we, we decided that that's a... Uh, oh, yeah. We were like, there's got to be people who just get off on doing it's that. It's definitely a fetish. Like who just, like, for other paying for other people and then just jerk off all the way across the bridge. And filling their parking meters. Yeah. And By the way, for my parents who've never listened to the podcast before, uh, it's way dirtier than my stand-up. So buckle in and also shut up. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I love that my brother laughed the loudest at that. Uh, so it's time now for one of our favorite segments of this show that we do every week, uh, where we explore uh, unknown things on the, our favorite website, Wikipedia. It's time now for Wiki of the Week. Wiki, Wiki, of the Week. Thanks, Nate. All right, so um, the Wikipedia page we did this week, we wanted to choose a very San Francisco-centric one. Um, So this one, this is the Wikipedia page for Bummer and Lazarus. Um, Bummer and Lazarus were two stray dogs that roamed the streets of San Francisco, California. By the way, I don't have a Wikipedia page. These two dogs do. Um, (laughs) 
Two stray dogs that roamed the streets of San Francisco, California, USA in the early 1860s. Recognized for their unique bond and their prodigious rat-killing ability, they became a fixture of city newspapers, were exempted from local ordinances, and immortalized in cartoons. Uh, so these are two stray dogs that were that basically got famous because they used to hang out outside this bar where a lot of famous writers like Mark Twain would hang out in San Francisco. And they started writing all these stories about the dogs. They had this whole backstory. <laughs> I like how this is back when a dog could really establish himself in town. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, oh, I'm the best rat killer in town. Like, yeah. There, were, there was so little going on in San Francisco that the journalists were like, what's that dog up to outside? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so there was a serious stray dog problem, though, because no one was, like, neutering. At right. this time in L.A., they don't have the statistics for San Francisco, but at, in L.A. at this time, dogs outnumbered people nearly two to one. Yeah, which is crazy. And so I think San Francisco was kind of similar. So a lot of times dogs would get caught. They were, they were trying to control the problem, but if you were good at catching rats, you could survive. Right. And Which is, like, very weird. So Bummer became famous first, and then uh, later he was joined by another dog, which he rescued from a fight with a yeah. bigger dog. They met because, yeah. They met because Lazarus was in a fight with another dog, and Bummer came in and Bummer saved him. Bummer watched the fight and decided to save one of the dogs. The dog made a decision. Yeah, a dog made a decision, you guys, and it got, now it got a Wikipedia page. Um... <laughs> There's a lot, this is a relatively long Wikipedia page. There's stuff that we've covered that is not this long that's about a person. Um, but so they were kind of like, they had very distinctive personalities, like Bummer was the nice one and Lazarus was kind of a scamp. Yeah. Um, like everyone knew Lazarus is kind of a fair weather friend because one time Bummer was shot in the leg and, La and Lazarus left him to run with another dog. Bummer was, I know, boo Wait, for this what dog. From what a, should he have done in that situation? He's a dog. Well, here's the thing. Well, Bummer, Bummer, Bummer saved his life. Yeah, and stuck Bummer by nursed him. Lazarus back to health yeah. after the fight. Yeah, but uh, Bummer was said to be feeling the sting of ingratitude at the desertion of the cur he had saved from death. <laughs> Lazarus's return when Bummer recover only added to the excitement. Um, so they, they reunited after that when Bummer came back to health. Um, As a team, they turned out to be exceptional, once finishing off 85 rats in 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, with someone watching so and like gross. counting. So gross. Uh, they also wait. This were, is, they also reported to have stopped a runaway horse. Yeah, wait, this is my favorite part. The two dogs had the run of the streets, and when, on June 14th, 1862, Lazarus was taken by a new dog catcher, a mob of angry citizens demanded his release. <laughs> That's a good dog! Yeah. Petitioning, <laughs> petitioning to have the pair declared city property so they could wander the streets unmolested. But dogs' favorite things is to be molested. Yeah, I know. I was like, can we retire the word molested for meaning anything other than sexual stuff now? I feel like it's beyond the point where we can use it just for its original meaning. Dogs love to be molested. <laughs> yeah. It's like their favorite thing. But anyway, so they got declared city property. Um, the city supervisors released Lazarus and declared he and Bummer were exempt from the city ordinance against strays. They also used to hang out with Emperor Norton who's another person we've talked about on Wiki of the Week, who is the crazy guy who declared himself emperor of 
the United States or the world, I don't remember. But they used to hang out with him sometimes and he got really offended when someone drew an editorial cartoon of the three of them hanging out together. Because he was like, I'm not a dog, I'm the emperor. It's funny because the cartoon was called The Three Bummers. Yeah. I'm think- trying to figure out whether the word bummer meant what it does now when this came out, but I don't think that it did. Um, I think it just meant bum, and I think this is where the word bummer came from. Um, so, okay, eventually they both died. Lazarus died first because he got kicked by a horse. You guys are horrible people for laughing at that. Um, he got kicked by a horse, and then and they had like a big funeral. They put up a reward. Oh no! But then other people thought he got poisoned. Yeah. Um, and they put up a reward for the poisoner, fifty dollars, which at the time was a lot of money. Um, and then Bummer died later, kind of of old age, but also from being kicked. <laughs> which is they both died of being kicked. Yeah. Which is crazy. Here's the craziest thing about this Wikipedia page. When Bummer died, his obituary was written by Mark Twain. Yeah. And it's moving and beautiful. Yeah. Can, I, can I read a small we should, yeah, sentence? Yeah, read a small segment, because it's long, too. He died a natural death, died with friends around him to smooth his pillow and wipe the death damps from his brow and receive his last words of love and resignation because he died full of years and honor and disease and fleas. <laughs> yeah. His, his obituary is like this long musing on, on how we remember those who die violently and, and those who die of old age and how we don't properly honor people who die of old age yeah, and all of this In earlier shit. days, he was courted and caressed, but latterly, he has lost his comeliness. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, Bummer should have died sooner. There was a time when his death would have left a lasting legacy of fame to his name. Now, however, he will be forgotten in a few days. Bummer's, Bummer's skin is to be stuffed and placed with that of Lazarus. So This is kind of a bummer. I know. Hey, but they're not forgotten, clearly. It's way later and we're talking about them in yeah. front of our million listeners. Um... So they were both taxidermied and put in a museum and then they uh, got burned in 1910. They just got destroyed. But in 1992, a plaque commemorating the two dogs was placed at the base of the Transamerica Pyramid. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Yeah, which is amazing. It was placed at Transamerica Redwood Park, a small park adjacent to the base of the Transamerica Pyramid. So you guys can go check that out and verify. Uh, That's... Bummer and Lazarus. That concludes Wiki of the Week. I had a quick I had a quick thing. Um I wanted to give I wanted to give honorable mention to a Wikipedia page that has been a long time in incoming. Um how many of you uh, are familiar with the term ASMR? Okay. For those of you who aren't, we've talked about it on the show before. I highly recommend listening to our second episode ever. ASMR is a rare neurological condition that I uh, I have. What does it stand for again? It's uh, autonomous. autonomous sensory meridian response. And for the longest time, it has a huge, crazy online community. And for the longest time, there was no Wikipedia page. Because Wikipedia was like, this isn't real, and took it down. 
And now it has a Wikipedia page! So honorable mention goes to the Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response uh, Wikipedia page. I'm going to read a little bit of it just so you have a little bit of an idea of what it is. The term Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response is a neologism. (laughs) We're starting early with words I don't know. For a claimed biological phenomenon characterized as a distinct pleasurable tingling sensation often felt in the head, scalp, or peripheral regions of the body in response to various visual, auditory, and cognitive stimuli. Now I'll tell you what this means for me. It means when I watch videos of people pretending to give me a makeover, it makes my head feel good. (laughs) And that's how it is for most people. So if you look up ASMR on YouTube, you'll find hundreds and hundreds of videos of weird girls pretending to do your makeup. It's addictive. There's like and people all of the videos have like cotton balls and stuff. And yeah, like, they're like 20 minutes long and so boring, but they all have like a million views um, because there's a lot of people who have this weird neurological condition. And uh, There's one of a girl with long nails like slowly opening a yeah. package of ramen noodles and it came yeah. very close to the things that The things that trigger it are like <laughs> tapping and scratching sounds, low, quiet speaking, whispering accents and like close personal attention yeah accents is one of them yeah um that's why i like that one scottish girl a lot there's no way to talk about it that doesn't sound like porn by the way um so yeah asmr honorable mention that really concludes wiki of the week wiki of the week so i'm very excited to bring up our first guest um, he is a friend of mine. He is also uh, the booker of the Hemlock Tavern. Very talented musician. Very funny guy. Please welcome to the stage Tony Bernard. Tony Bernard. It's Tony Bernard. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Hi, Tony. Hi. Thanks Bonsoir, for- mademoiselle. <laughs> I just want to say, um, I visited my parents at Thanksgiving, and they just moved to Texas recently. They retired and moved to Texas. And the weirdest thing about going to visit them is there's an animal hospital next door to a taxidermy shop. Oh, no! So I don't know what's going on there. I know exactly just- what's going on there. <laughs> That's convenient. They're like, we so- I'm sorry, there's nothing we could do here. Just Luckily, you don't have far That's to walk. <laughs> You creepy, creepy person. <laughs> That's what's going on there. Uh, so I'm excited to have you here. I, I had, There's a very specific reason that I invited you on the show, and that's yes. um, for your prolific work in the field of folder rock. Folder rock. Um, so uh, for the uninitiated, why don't you explain a little bit what that term means? Folder rock is basically the, the term for, un, uh, for outrageous, unsolicited booking emails that show up in my inbox on a daily basis. It has from, origins from bands, that from bands, play it's here. from from rock bands that are trying to get gigs here at the Hemlock Tavern, and it has its origins in a physical folder. Back in the days before the internet, bands used to send um, physical press kits in the mail, and there was this there was a certain kind of press kit that got sent to, to rock clubs by ambitious, overly ambitious bands. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess some of these bands thought that the fancier the press kit that they mailed out, <laughs> the more that they would stand out in the crowd yeah. or the more they would really separate themselves from the pack. Like it would in any way mask their delusion. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, you know what? When you're when you're talking about a red translucent plastic folder with a little drawstring drawn in a psychotic figure eight, you know, pattern that you have to actually cut through with scissors in order to get it to, you know, you'd, you'd open that up and then you'd you'd move from you'd take out of the the plastic folder a glossy duotang folder. <laughs> And the, the duotang folder would then have the band sticker, and you would open it up. And then in the lower third pocket, there would be a little business card holder, and the band would put their band business card on one side. And then there would be, a, you know, the glossy photo. And then the best, you know, the band bio, you know, you could really tell how far that they aspired to go <laughs> in the industry by the, the weight of the paper. So, like, we're talking nice cardstock. I am, t- I am talking wedding-grade <laughs> parchment. <laughs> I am talking engraved parchment, you know. Well, to be fair, these are probably people whose parents were like, let's just not put any more money in the wedding fund. <laughs> this is never going to happen. <laughs> so, here's a watershed moment. And I honestly believe that for all the grief that my space wound up getting, I will say that in, and with no kidding, all kidding aside, MySpace really helped save the environment. <laughs> because in the year 2003, when MySpace was launched, almost overnight, this torrent of for, deforesting, <laughs> you know, of, of these, these kits of, of, you know, these, these dream packets, you know, these so... <laughs> These self-deluded dream yeah. packets that people were sending in the mail, they all dried up overnight. Like, basically, everything got transmuted into the yeah. electronic realm. So, let's, let's not beat around the bush. You brought some to read to us, right? Yeah. I brought some folder rock. You guys want to hear some folder so, rock? So, so, basically, so, so just from the recent, this is just like the best of, of 2000, 2012. Oh, wow. So, we're getting the new stuff, you guys. I'll say... I was, and I start noticing weird patterns, you know, or, or you start noticing um, kind of commonalities, trends, as yeah. it were. Uh-huh. Yeah. One of the highlights, one of the, the biggest words in the music industry, <laughs> if this club can be called the music industry, <laughs> is the word dusty. 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 Our demo is recorded in a dark and dusty garage. Our album is a varied blend of swirling guitar rock and dusty folk. Oh, wait, are those from the same? These are oh, all these, different. These, these are, are all separate. These are just different yeah, uses of the of, word dusty. Uh, okay. We are dusty, rainy day country rock. Wait, but if it's raining, dust kind of... Exactly! <laughs> this is the shit that ruins my day. This is like, when, when, I read, when I read something like that, all of a sudden I sit there and I, try, I grapple with the issue of dust in the Just, rain. Yeah. And I can't get any work done. It, like, it, these, like, the folder rock is the stuff that kind of stops me in my tracks and I'm going, really? Like, what the hell is going on here? And, and Dusty, I can't, okay. Um... Dusty drums. <laughs> Our band can best be sur- uh, surmised as dusty drums versus dusty drum machines. We are Why a mix. Why are they fighting? <laughs> we are a mix of manipulated live instruments, dusty drum machines. What does it matter if the drum machine is dusty? 
<laughs> I guess if the drums, the physical drums themselves are, are dusty and you hit the drum. It gets in your mouth. <laughs> Maybe there's some kind of slow motion yeah. dust fade that happens. Okay, here's, here's one. Um, and it's, it's not just folk bands that are jumping on. It's not just folk and country bands. Yeah. Those like are, those folk are, and country, you can kind of understand where Dusty would come yeah, from. Yeah, no, okay. Yeah. We are talking a gliding synth melody and hazy synth, oh, and hazy synth stabs and dusty drums. Why are the drums always dusty? Yeah. <laughs> Get a wet wipe. Oh, here. <laughs> nomadic modal guitar tones that remove your dusty clothes and bathe you in warm water. <laughs> Here we go. A, soar, a soaring and forward marching tale of dusty friends and lost love. Dusty friends? What kind of a hobo? Burners, dude. Burners. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Playa Rock. How many of these would you describe as Burning Man bands? Or is this... There is a whole subgenre uh. of, burn, of bands. I w- and, then the, and then there's kind of a, a kissing cousin of the word dusty is gauzy. Uh, You'll encounter the word gauzy a lot. That just made me think of the Sandman and the mummy making out. So the, there's yeah, one, yeah. One, one group wrote in and said, our band's gauzy way of exploring new sound, being playful and biting one minute, and languorous and twee the next. <laughs> languorous and twee? <laughs> All right. Okay, I think we only have time for a few more. So pick three more of your favorites. I know this is hard because these are my favorite thing in the world. They're all awful. They're so, yeah. Um, let's see. A midget wrestling company wrote in. Oh, yes. Yes. Tony, we are now taking offers for the best midget wrestling, wrestling show in the world today. You have your chance to have the stars of Hulk Hogan's MCW Come perform in your venue. This is a nonstop total action show with trained professional midget wrestlers. There are many imitation shows, but none of them have the background or the work ethic of the MCW. Wow. There are some lazy, lazy midget wrestlers out there is what they're claiming. They played at the Grand... uh, Apparently, Midget Wrestling did a show at the Grand Sierra Resort in Reno, Nevada and had 1,312 people paid at $10 tickets. They couldn't just round down to 1,300. Mm-hmm. 1,312, okay. Here, I just got this one about a week ago, and this really kind of was, was sort of the cherry on, on, my, on the ice cream sundae that was my year. Tony, I've messaged you a while ago about my band. I play... <laughs> he named names. Yeah. I play lead guitar... We are a NorCal thrash-style melodic metal band that easily outperforms many of the bands that I have seen and seen advertised playing at your venue. Ooh. Them fighting words. Throwing down. Of, out. Of course, when, when he wrote that, the first thing I thought of, is he talking about cum stain? <laughs> because I booked the band cum stain. And so then I started thinking, really, like, are all bets off? Like, once I booked Cumstain, like, I got, when Cumstain was supposed to play here like, a couple of weeks ago, and I got a message from the, the door guy, you know, like an hour and a half or two after the show was supposed to start, and the, the text message said, Tony, Cumstain still hasn't arrived yet. Oh, God. And you're like, I'm working on it. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I keep telling the staff, only... T- oh. 
<laughs> Only text me when cum stain does show up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want my phone to learn the word cum stain. <laughs> Uh, okay. All right, okay, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Yeah, uh, one more maybe. All right. <laughs> this is what happens when two songwriters get together to make quote alterno electro power pop. <laughs> this band came together after being uh, uh, okay. Wait, this band is a romp through classic rock with a monkeys meets Beatles meets Boston meets Queen meets Beach Boys meets ELO sound. Oh, that's redundant. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I was monkeys, monkeys already meet Beatles. Beatles. Yeah. yeah. Undeniably original. What? They. <laughs> They bring the familiar served in a new fried form on a stick. Wow. So I don't know, is this like a new, uh, I guess maybe there's a new subgenre of music, kebab rock. (laughs) All of that, and don't worry, you can carry it with your hand. Um, Before we uh, bring on our next guest, I wanted to quickly ask you about your appearance on Maury. Oh, Maury Povich. So... Tell us really quickly, you, you were on Maury how long ago? I was on Maury 10 years ago um, with my girlfriend who at the time, uh, a 77-year-old stripper named Dixie Evans, and we appeared on a My Sexy Lover is My Complete Opposite episode. Oh, my God. Wait, so was she your actual girlfriend? Girlfriend is a strong term. <laughs> we were funny. well acquainted. Oh I, I had performed for a couple of years in a burlesque band, and she used to run the Burlesque Museum in Barstow, California, which has now since moved to Vegas. So I, that's how I got to meet yeah. D- Dixie Evans back in her prime was a yeah. Marilyn Monroe lookalike. Oh, my God. And then when you... When you and we went on Maury together. When she was a late-era Joan Rivers lookalike. Um, wait, so... Uh, I want you to quickly tell us what the quote was that you used while you were... All right, so I was totally obsessed with N.W.A. at the time. I was listening to a lot of, you know, of gangster rap and N.W.A. And so I I don't know what happened. You know, I I was delirious. I had no sleep. I had probably still had drugs and alcohol in my system. And I went out on the air and I hadn't... So I hadn't met Maury until... So basically here it is like 6.30 in the morning on the day that we're dropping bombs on Baghdad for the first time and I'm like rolling out on stage and I meet Maury for the first time and, and I'm out there and he's, you know, Dixie comes out and she's in lingerie with a feather boa and the crowd is freaking out and Maury says, Anthony, I, I have to ask. And he stops seeing her, but he kind of stops with her. You know, I, I gotta know, how's the sex with Dixie? Right, the million dollar question, yeah. the money shot. How's the sex with my 77 year old girlfriend? And I don't know what happened. It just popped in my brain. It was completely spontaneous. And I said, well, Maury, when it comes to sex with Dixie, I never say no because I'm too busy saying yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tony Bedard, everybody. Some couch time. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. Um, Our next guest is one of my favorite comedians um, in the Bay Area and anywhere. Um, You can see her performing here all the time. Everyone, a big round of applause for Natasha Muse. Natasha Muse. Natasha Muse. (laughs) Natasha Muse. Natasha Muse. Wow, thank you. 
You're welcome. I like the words of that song. Yeah. I've never heard that before. Metallica. It's a Metallica yeah. song. That was awesome. Yeah. Did you, you've never heard their Natasha Muse song? I figured you had something it. to do with it. No. no oh, my God. That's so, that must be about the other Natasha Muse. Oh, yeah. Is originally. There, do you, are, yeah. Is there someone you're fighting for a domain name right now? No, I have <laughs> NatashaMuse.com, but there isn't another, another Natasha Muse. Uh, oh, wow. We worked that plug in early. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, did I? I did not mean to plug the website. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just Wait, excited to be website, here. The website, NatashaMuse.com? Yeah, no, NatashaMuse.com okay. yeah, is yeah. my website. It's not the black lady from New Orleans that works for the city. Uh, <laughs> different person. I'm so glad to be here. I love yeah. podcasts. It's we're so excited. Great. We're excited uh, yeah. to have you here. Um, normally, what we do with the show is we ask our guests if there's something that they're particularly obsessive about that they'd like to talk to us about. And um, your answers were um, old lady card games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which is which got the right response, which oh, is yeah. nothing. <laughs> old I lady card games. Someone, yeah, um, I'm a science. go crazy for it. Yeah, yeah. Privilege. No, science. No. Yeah, science. Just generally science. Yeah, that was yeah. what my wife suggested. Was just uh, science. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, 1980s uh, sitcom theme songs. Yeah. 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 That just got an interested woo. I want to talk about science because I don't know if you know this. I think we talked about this. Both of Lisa's parents are scientists and they're here right now. That's so exciting. Yay, Yay, science. (laughs) We should also mention that a running theme on our show is skepticism. Um, (laughs) In general. uh, I like that. Yeah. And you would you would describe yourself as a skeptic, right? Yeah, like a big fan of skepticism, like yeah. a skeptic cheerleader. <laughs> like if someone else is like doubting something, you're like, "Good job." Yes. Yeah. I'd be like, "I knew you could do it. I believed in you, even when you didn't believe in yourself." What in particular? What in particular draws your ire in terms of people believing stuff that's fake? Because I love believing fake stuff. I watch yeah. Long Island Medium. We fight about it a lot. Yeah. Lisa doesn't think it's real. I'm, I don't, well, yeah. I'm an agnostic about it. Well, she, does, she knows it's not, I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. not real. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not really, like, yeah. debatable. <laughs> it's not like, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, stuff like that. Like, when you think about, like, how Andy Kaufman might still be around if he didn't go to, like, a psychic surgeon. Oh, yeah. You think people... Yeah, like it's sad that people die and kind of give their lives up to fantasies. You think Andy Kaufman would be alive if he didn't go to that rock lady who put rocks on him or something? Yeah, he might have actually sought out actual, like, Actual medical... Western medicine? Yeah. 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 Okay. Or at least enjoy the, the last bits of his life and not run around the world trying to spend money on, on cures that aren't actually cures. Yeah. So you're against snake oil salesmen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although Selling when you say good, s- honest snake Although oil. when you say snake oil salesman, it sounds kind of cute. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like you hang out with Bummer and Lazarus. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting kicked by horses. Just having a good time. Go to a real doctor to fix your kick wound. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, fair. Yeah, no, I I'm flew hilarious. I don't need... Uh, yeah. I flew troubles. on a plane recently, and the woman next to me had uh, crystals that she was... Spinning. Oh yeah. Yeah, to Did make you, the plane not right. crash. I and think. the plane didn't crash, it so of course it she's worked. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how science works, science. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not totally sure. Well, yeah. but you you are someone who, um, considering how little you talk about it on stage, are kind of a big nerd. I don't, uh, I think people yeah. <laughs> would know that about you, but like of all the people that I know in comedy, you make way more word jokes, way more number jokes. Yeah. More than word jokes, number jokes. You, yeah. Do you feel like you would talk about that on stage more if you could? 
if people I, would listen to you? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I definitely am trying to... You feel you're like trying I, to work it out? You're feeling like I need more numbers in my stand-up? That's no, what you're I'm saying? just saying I feel like you are holding back uh, okay. no, your I'm true just, desire. I'm just, you know, like, kind of, like, meeting it out just slowly. Yeah. Just, just to kind of reel people in and then just work. Because I don't want to give a full 25 minutes on numbers right off the yeah. bat. You know what I mean? I like you immediately had yeah. a numerical value for how much you could do yeah. on it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, I do have some jokes about numbers I yeah. have never tried on stage, which I read out loud to myself, and they make me laugh. Because <laughs> some people think I'm odd, but you know, only the odd uh, ones are prime, yeah. which is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See? No booing! And I've never done that on stage. We prepped you before. for that! We primed you! Ooh. Oh, I just it's said like primed. Is that a joke? No. I don't know. <laughs> um, that's funny. It's like a time-traveling joke. I think. <laughs> um, uh, the other thing we wanted to talk to you about, and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead too far here, if there's no, more number jokes great you wanted segue. to make. Yeah, great no. segue? I'm terrible at segues. No, because we're going from science, and this science is a direct correlator. It's a direct, uh, yeah, it's correlate. related to this. Uh, I can't okay. say it, but I can think the word. Well, first of all... <laughs> You're all thinking it. Those of you who knew what I meant to say, you're like, yeah. I know what she means. She's um, okay. So you're actually um, the first guest we've ever had on Baby Geniuses who has a baby. Wow, that's yeah. great. Which is like, that's and a I'm big honor. I'm also almost a genius, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> good. So really, we should just hand you the keys to the podcast. Thank you. Um, but uh, I wanted you to tell the story of how your baby came to be because it's a story unlike any I've ever heard before. And you want the whole thing in just like one sentence? Is that <laughs> yeah. I mean, however you want to tell it. Okay. Well, if you could slip a number joke in there, that would be great. I'll work on it. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so, uh, well, I guess you first need to know that I used to be a guy and then I got better. <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, clap. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a transsexual, which is uh, interesting, especially people I've just had sex with. Uh, <laughs> so that's the first part. And then before I transitioned, I uh, went to Palo Alto to a, 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 like a, a, a cryogenic uh, freezing... Uh, a sperm bank. Sperm, yeah, well, not, IVF. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they just freeze anything, really. Just anything... <laughs> You know, you just might want to like, yeah, yeah anything. And then, so before and they were I like, do you do sperm? And they yeah. were like, that's gross, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by do? <laughs> yeah. And so I took the train to Palo Alto, and before I took, I got actually my prescription for hormones, and I didn't take any, and I and I made my deposit. It was a long, uh, uh, grueling process, uh, <laughs> which is gross. Because I'd never, I'd never done it like that before. Hi. Uh, uh, I don't even really, I just met. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I was just like, ooh, all right. <laughs> and then I took, it's like three hours later, it was a three hour tour. I uh, saved my stuff and I just froze it. I didn't have any plans. I just knew, I knew I wanted to raise kids and I knew that like, they wouldn't let the high school graduate only with a, like, a little spattering of college and like history of like alcohol abuse and drug addiction as a transsexual lesbian adopt a kid. So I was like, <laughs> I gotta make my own. Uh, so yeah. So then last year, so I had a wife, we got married, and you know, we're in love, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you guys actually got married during the window during when gay window. marriage was legal right. in when San before Francisco. You, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Right. I like how they're clapping just my good luck. Yeah. Right. 
Like you're just, that's like being applauded for being born a cancer. Or something. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Uh, we, we thank you to not insult our audience yeah. for doing their jobs. Oh no. Uh. I, I. Sorry. Sorry. That was a test to see if you would defend their honor. <laughs> Congratulations. Here's the keys to the podcast. So yeah, last year my wife gave birth to oh. yeah, to a baby. So you guys are a lesbian couple yeah. who has a kid that is biologically both of yours. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yay science! Yeah. So my question is, when Sophia, your daughter, is mm-hmm. old enough to ask where babies come from. Yeah. What are you gonna say? When a transsexual lady loves another lady very much, and she can see in the future over 15 years. I figure after that, it'll just come to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's a really amazing story. Yeah, I yes. personally think that's, yeah, right? That's, that's an amazing good. story. I like how I got, yeah. <laughs> it's a fun story because it could take, it could fill a book or it could fill just five minutes on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that's hint, who you hint, are, anyone Natasha. Anyone who wants to give Natasha a book deal who's listening yeah. to the podcast right now. I'm actually, now. I'm working on a screenplay called Bummer and Lazarus, a tale of two dogs. <laughs> It has a perfect story arc. They meet each other, one saves the other one's lives, they have adventures, killing rats, almost one of them, they get separated, but the town saves them. Then at the, you know, the end of the second act, one of them betrays the other, you know, and then finally they come together at the end, and it's bookended by either end by Mark Twain reading his obituary. Oh, man. Perfect. That's great. How did you know that I had that idea as soon as I looked at the Wikipedia page? (laughs) We gotta make it for my baby. Um, I want to. There was one other thing when you were first telling me about this. When they first took your sperm out, didn't they say something <laughs> they that they were out. like? Because they were like, <laughs> they bought a drink, they had a yeah. good time. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, didn't you? Didn't you say that they were like, whoa, we don't do it like this anymore? Oh. <laughs> what does that mean? No, because I. Fr- <laughs> you froze it in the nineties. I froze it in the nineties. <laughs> Things were different back then. <laughs> it was in like a flannel tube. I guess there's there's a. Pro- <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It came out in an even flow. It was... <laughs> Natasha Muse, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, please join our peanut gallery. Peanut gallery at the back of the stage. If you feel like chiming in at any point during the show, f- feel free to use those mics. They're hot. Um, our next guest is uh, one of my favorite, an- uh, you know, another one of my favorite comedians and one of my best friends um, from San Francisco. We worked together in an office for a while. Um, not a highlight of his personality. Um, please welcome to the stage, Alex Cole! Alex Cole! Alex Cole! Alex Cole! Alex Cole! Hi, Alex. Hey, speaking of flannel, thanks yeah. for the intro. <laughs> Whole decade represented by a piece of fabric. That's, yeah. That's what it is now, huh? Yeah, and even though now, like, f- uh, flannel is like, everyone wears plaid now, everyone wears flannel. It's mm. more ubiquitous now than it was in the 90s, but we'll sn- it'll never lose that association. That's true. It's right? It's warm. Or? And Wait, predict the future of plaid right now. <laughs> uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> Plaid's um, going diagonal next year. <laughs> Diamonds instead of squares. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how? How? What? At what angle does Plaid no longer be Plaid? Like, is it? Uh, <laughs> nope, not no. planned anymore. That was a completely visual thing I did for you. Yeah, yeah. Audio podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything's going to be pantomime from here on out. Yeah. Fuck you and your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean that. That was me being kind of a scamp. Like, uh, like Lazarus. Or yeah. Which one was the scamp? Lazarus, Lazarus was the scam. <laughs> Bummer was the good guy. As long Lazarus as we're still talking about these goddamn dogs. <laughs> you don't talk about them like that. <laughs> you mentioned that Lazarus <laughs> was killed by a kick from a horse, but some people thought it was poisoning. How do you mix those two up? <laughs> well, he seems to have a huge hoof print on his forehead. His head is compacted into his own body. This looks like a poisoning to me. <laughs> Somebody gave him hoof poison. Well, maybe it was a poisoned hoof. Yeah. Maybe somebody rubbed I cyanide mean, on a hoof. It's the perfect crime. It is the perfect crime. <laughs> that poor horse took the fall yeah. for somebody's foul behavior. Yeah. Foul, foul behavior. Um, so... You and I have known each other for a long time. And you actually, yeah. I, I wanted to bring this up just because I think it's cute. You were going to bring Lisa's books for her to sign. Oh. Uh, so, so and yeah. you forgot. I got, I got excited. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> and I was in New York and I, I maybe was on the podcast. In of, character, in possibly. In character, possibly. Before and Lisa, you were. You was it was really, the one day really when Lisa sick. was sick. You it was the let one me day come she in. was sick. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't brought, let Lisa come in and record the podcast while she was sick because we recorded in a uh, two inch by two inch Rubik's cube. <laughs> it's really tiny. It's really it's small and really block. hot, and it incubates germs. Uh, um, and I brought the comic books all the way out to New York for you to sign them. And yeah. Oh, I can I sign your chest. Yeah, you can sign. She can sign your boob and then massage it with this weird contraption. Thank you. Yeah, it'll be just like every other night of your life. Um, <laughs> you and I know each other pretty well, but when I asked you what you wanted to talk about on the podcast, you brought up two things that I had no idea you knew anything about. Well, I was struggling. You asked me to think of things that I don't know anything about my own life. <laughs> At any given point in time, if somebody asks me about anything that I know in my life. Could I be more vague with that sentence? Yeah. Uh, I can't think of anything. Like, if I'm put on the spot, I hate the spot. The spot is terrible. It's a terrible place to be. And if I'm on it, then yeah. all knowledge just vanishes yeah. from my brain. Give me the wings. Yeah, I don't know anything. I'll stay there. So she sent me an email, like, days before, and I, I spent three days going, like, what have I been doing? <laughs> my whole what do I life, know about? What do I know about? Uh, so you said bowling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be fair, of all the sports I would think you might play, mm -hmm. I guess that is a front runner. Ten years in a league. Wow. wow. H, you all thought I was insulting him, but H, really. Age five to 15. That's Holy uh, how shit. long I was in a, a bowling league, everybody. Wow. Uh, Don't applaud some, that. At some point early on, my parents were like, there's no coordination in this child. <laughs> but we still want him to have something somewhat active and yeah. team-oriented. Just hurl a ball at those things. Really, yeah. 
Were, mean, you, I, I, were you good? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> we, my do you team, have your own ball? I do still have my own ball. It has my name on it. I still have it. I have a, a towel, a hand. Very important. These are the three things you need in your bowling bag. Uh, your ball with your name engraved on it. Your bowling towel to wipe your hands down when the hand dryer just isn't doing the trick. Uh, and a bag of rosin. And I still have resin? Rosin. What's, that? What's that for? Rosin. Rosin. Uh, it, it dries. It, it adds it's like a powder. An extra, it's a powder that adds an extra tact to your hand uh, so that you can you can have a little bit extra grip. They're really expecting you ball. to get so sweaty. I am I am making the universal bowling motion with yeah. my right arm yeah. as I say that. <laughs> it, 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 it takes the sweat off your hand, gives you a little bit more tact, but be careful, don't use too much, or then you when you release the ball, it stays on your fingers. Oh, it makes your hand swing all the way 90 degrees <laughs> up in the air and fire the ball up into the ceiling. <laughs> I've seen it a million times, folks. <laughs> it's taken out so many good, good bowlers of my oh generation. My <laughs> Wait, did I ever tell you the story about when I got hit on the head with a bowling ball? <laughs> <laughs> I think we all deserve to hear this story. Nate, <laughs> Nate is involved in this story. I don't remember this. You don't remember this? I'm okay. guessing I was the one who hit you with the bowling ball, though. <laughs> well, it was my fault, for sure. So uh, when I was little, I couldn't actually really hold the bowling ball by myself, so you used to help me. You would stand behind me, I would bowl it between my legs, and for some reason, in between when we were like, you know, gearing up to go, like swinging it back and forth and about to release, I got curious about what it might look like. And so I just like leaned my head forward, and then we released the bowling ball, and it hit me in the head, and then gutter balled. Uh, Wait, wait. You didn't throw it up and it hit you on the head. You just no. threw it directly into your head. <laughs> it's really just like it's more like I threw my head at a bowling ball. <laughs> well, and that's then... another horse altogether. <laughs> that's not the. Expression. It's a horse of a different color. Yeah, well, yeah. horses. Either way, we're... <laughs> Lisa loves horses. Lisa loves horses. Oh, Lisa, I forgot to bring your Christmas present. I got Lisa, you a Lisa, you draw horse really good it. horses. Aww. Yeah, say that into the mic, Lisa. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, so then I got a Coke. My mom bought me a Coke after that. And then Emma, my friend who was there, was like, I want a Coke. And then they bought her one too, even though she didn't get hit on the head with a bowling ball. There's a lot of the social aspects, and there's some athleticism, <laughs> if you look hard, about giving your kids, putting your kids in bowling. But honestly, like 70% of it is the snacks. Yeah. Like, you know, it doesn't surprise yeah. me that you got a Coke. It's, 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 the it's, only, the <laughs> it's the only sport where you buy your child a large fry before the game <laughs> and after the game. And it's the only sport I know of where there's a fucking arcade right there in waiting for you when you get off the field. Like, it's right there next to where you finish. It's the only sport with a restaurant built in. (laughs) With a restaurant built into it. And I'd say roughly 65% or more is sitting down waiting your turn. And yet there's, like, way more anti-sweat products for it than any other sport. It's important. Yeah. You gotta keep those hands dry. Okay, the other thing you wanted me to ask you about, yes. and this was in quotes for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wait, where is it? It's right there. Pussy boy. <laughs> 
That's what he emailed to me. The pussy to, boy. Yeah. Pussy what boy. is pussy boy? I don't know why. I, I have some guesses. I'm not going to say them. <laughs> no, please. I'd yeah. like to hear. Is that your nickname when you used to play, when you used to bowl? <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> It's actually what's embroidered on my bowling ball. <laughs> embroidered in grave. You would break every sewing machine. Damn it! Ah, uh, damn it! God. Words, horses. Uh, I uh, no, it's close. Uh, I, I think of myself as one of those people that was like, yeah, I'm horrible. I'm not an athlete. Was never athletic. Not into sports. Anything like that. But. When I was put into, like, the general P.E. that you had, like, in junior high, where you got thrown into, like, you had to, like, you had, like, a couple of weeks of every sport. Like, you know, you do racquetball and some soccer and some, you know, football or whatever they yeah. do. So, a, lot, a lot of running. Uh, and uh, I was good at one thing, and that's I could hit a baseball. Uh, I could not run the bases. Uh, I, could, I couldn't do any other aspect of baseball. And... I kind of found this out one year. I think it was like the first year of junior high. And at the time, when you were on a team in the baseball, your team <laughs> You were on a team in the baseball. When you were on a team on the baseball. <laughs> listen to me. I am. That's the You know problem. what I'm talking about. Uh, your team captain would pitch to you. It wasn't the opposite team pitching to you. That's just the way they had the setup. I don't know if they do that in every junior high. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I was... I looked... I was a weird little uh, in-between genders <laughs> fat kid when I went into junior high. I look like if, yeah, no, that's, that's proper. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of an it's Pat thing. It was kind of like if Weird Al was a girl, like a prepubescent girl that was inflated about 40 PSI more than she was <laughs> That's what I look like. Uh, with big old glasses. And so uh, I, every time I got up to bat, like the other team captain would turn around to the outfield and go, bring him in, like that, and oh, everybody would move in. And we had a pretty good team. And the guy who was my team captain, he was on the he was on the mound. And he's like, look, nerd. Like he's talking to me. He's like, he's talking to this me. This is at, his pep right talk. Before, right before he pitches, he's like talking to me right before he pitches. He's like, look, nerd, just hit this. Just hit this ball. Just hit the ball. Just get it out there. That's all I'm asking. Just hit the ball. I'll get you anything you want. I'll get you anything you want. I'll get you some of that Playboy pussy. I'll get you Playboy pussy if you hit this ball. That's what I'll get you. I'll get you Playboy pussy. And he pitched it to me, and I knocked it out of the fucking yard. And ran the bases, and they called me Pussy Boy for the rest of the semester. Kind of a yeah. kind of a double-edged sword, the pussy boy. Yeah. Can I go back there now? Yeah, you go back right, there now. Right. Join the peanut gallery. Um, so we have one more guest before we start expert hour. Um, our our last guest. Uh, what, what do we say about him? Uh, we talk about on this show. We talk about genitals a lot. Uh, all of them, every single type of genital. And uh, this is the only person I know who's ever won an Emmy for something related to genitals, uh, for co-writing the song Dick in a Box. Uh, you know him from SNL, you know him from Girls. Everyone a big round of applause for Yorma Taconi. 
Okay. Well, first question. Hi. Hi. Hi, Hi guys. Um, first Hi, of all, podcast. You are a pretty famous comedy person. Have you ever done a podcast before? Uh, we had a pop, uh, like an SNL, or a uh, Lonely Island podcast that my friend Chester would oh. do. Oh. I think he only did like eight of them. Uh, and but we. He never told us when he was doing any of them. So he would just call us up and start talking. We'd have these like long conversations. Like, what the fuck are you asking me, dude? And he's like, oh, it's a podcast. It's a podcast. So I've been tricked into being on a podcast, but never, never willingly been on one. So this is my first willing podcast. First willing podcast. Well, s- yeah. sort of willing. And it's going great. It's going really good. You guys are all really good. And he's, for I'm, the people I'm listening, he's looking at everyone who came before. giant beers that everyone's drinking. Yeah. I know. Um, so you and I have known each other for a long time because you're married to my sister. That's right. Um, <laughs> but, I, but, but, I also, but I also dated your sister for yeah. seven years before we got yeah, engaged, you guys so. didn't jump into the marriage thing. So, yeah. no, so <laughs> everyone you, noticed. Yeah. <laughs> so we, yeah, we've known each other for 13 years. Yeah, you, we met when I was okay. 14. That's right. So wow. you're now, oh, so now you're 22. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Um, so what did you what do you think of me when you first met me? an egotistical question, but he told me to ask that. I don't know why. I, <laughs> I don't know why. I was like, did you have a funny answer for no, that? I don't Pressure know. is on. <laughs> no, you were really sarcastic and angsty. Yeah. <laughs> and so much has changed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have glasses now. <laughs> no, you were a little baby genius then. Yeah. Very well, egotistical. And... <laughs> I'm not like arguing even with more, that. That's true. Even more awkward than too. That's fathomable. Yeah, Wait, no, it's way more awkward. <laughs> yeah, than. for sure, for sure. Well, the other thing is, I mean, before you guys got on SNL, you guys used to make a lot of videos, and I, I always, I watched them because I, well, I was in high school, I knew you, and then as I've grown up, I've met people who were into your videos before you got on SNL, and Lisa is one of them. Yeah, I was a super fan. Uh. Uh, they're shaking hands. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I did, actually. We talked yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the facade is wearing down! <laughs> uh, only three minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had a quick question about girls. Okay. Because I know it's on everyone's mind. You were on last season of Girls as yeah. Booth Jonathan. Is that your character's yeah. name? Yeah. Uh, well, his, his name originally was Jonathan Booth. <laughs> they wanted to make it more pretentious. So. <laughs> Pretty lazy writing, but effective. Yeah, no, <laughs> that works really well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the scene that you were in is like, I'm, I don't think I'm over, like, I, I don't think I'm editorializing here, is an erotic scene. Yeah. 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 yeah for, a non, for a scene with no sex in it, it's very erotic. It's and, a sexy scene. Yeah. Ha, ha, and I don't think of you that way because you're. Uh, Unreal. Well, well, because you're a goober, first of all, and also you're married to my sister. Interview's over. (laughs) But has the re? But everyone that I talk to is like, oh my god, that scene. Like women who have seen it, 
Yeah. I've had the weirdest responses, actually. What? Oh, that yeah. was my question. Like, what has but the it, response been? But it's across the board, too. Like, Men, like, too? No, uh, no, no, no. I mean, the board of women. The, oh, okay. Yeah. That runs the women council. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, uh, like, 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 I've like had like sixty-year-old black women say it to me <laughs> to like, you know, to like. But it's been really weird. What's the like, weirdest thing someone said to you about it? I, I'm not gonna describe the scene. You just want, basically he like goes up to someone and is like, "When I fuck you, blah blah blah." I don't the know. First time I you fuck can you. The, first, the first time I fuck you, it's gonna surprise you because I'm a man and I know how to do things. Yeah, it's really upsetting. And I, then she I, goes I, and I immediately masturbates. And then she goes and masturbates at a party yeah. like any like woman me. ever does that. Anyway. <laughs> Definitely made me seem cooler. <laughs> you know, and then you, you know waddle away. You <laughs> waddle away. <afterwards. laughs> uh, oh, I skipped away. <laughs> With real force and purpose. Yeah. Um, no, you know what's funny is that uh, that I found out later that the the part was originally supposed to be for they wanted Liv Schreiber, play, <laughs> which went, which made way more sense that she would be masturbating. Yeah. With me doing it, it's kind of like really. I definitely read some stuff online after that like, because I couldn't help but check. Like, God, did, did I pull that off? Like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I, like, I, like, I read some, so there were some reviews of people being like, really? <laughs> yeah, that's what she would do. <laughs> that, that's pretty funny. Um, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to yeah. talk about, um, we were talking about this the other day, the tape that your brother found <laughs> this is the problem with doing a podcast with somebody who you just went to Christmas dinner Christmas with. dinner yeah. with. Yeah, I saw Nate open that I sweatshirt that he's been wearing ever since. Yeah, he hasn't taken it off at all. <laughs> slept like 24 hours straight. I'm assuming yeah. he slept in it. But yeah, we just hung out with your entire family drunk, and they told us every embarrassing thing about you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I, as a kid, I was I was super into audio. Like my my dad, we didn't we were uh, very Berkeley family. Obviously, my name is Yorma. <laughs> I was named after a guitarist from the Jefferson Airplane. It's my dad's favorite band. Um, and so, uh, so, uh, but like, but like, so we didn't have like TV and VCR till super late. And like, like the TV that we did have, my parents found outside of our house uh, and brought it inside it was like this crappy black and white whatever so anyway so but like so my dad would like rent old movies and give me all these audio tapes that he listened to like growing up like all audio like wc fields and old like uh, jack benny and and uh, all the like, kind of comedy regimes and stuff like that so i got super into audio and and whatever the hell. and so i would record myself a lot as well and make little skit things with audio and like and you know it was when uh they had cassettes and you would go back and forth and like create audio through that and whatever because i had little sound effects ta tapes and whatever mm -hmm. and so, <laughs> so i recorded myself i was also really dramatic <laughs> like really really dramatic sort of thing and uh there was a girl in my neighborhood who i was totally infatuated with and like she was my best friend at the time and like and uh and so I recorded myself like she broke my heart in seventh grade and I was so upset about it. And I was really thinking I was doing an amazing thing by having this audio diary of like, like and then she did this and like describing <laughs> what had happened when I snuck out and she rejected me and blah, blah. And so like, so I, so <laughs> I had tons of these tapes and it was years later after, it was actually after I got back from like a year of college or something that my brother took over my room like, and uh, cause I had this slightly bigger room. <laughs> I was the eldest, it was dope. And he couldn't wait to pounce. <laughs> so, so, but he found these, these tapes and he was like, dude, this is crazy, I found this tape of this girl, this girl like whining about like, blah, blah, blah. she's so, it's so lame, this girl's so whack. 
I was like, yeah. And I almost wanted to be like, oh, that's weird. Oh, oh we better throw that out. But yeah, so apparently but it was not you. only two And they were like, no, that's me. And it was like very meaningful. Uh, yeah, so. And now we do that um, on purpose. <laughs> Just record ourselves talking all the time. <laughs> Once a week for an hour. How much do the uh, people buy these podcasts for? <laughs> Humor, you guys. Yeah. They're all free. They're all free, mom and dad, in case you didn't get that one. <laughs> It'll pay off eventually. It'll pay off eventually. She's doing great. <laughs> uh, you're the worst. Uh, the worst person alive. Um, <laughs> you brought up the audio tapes, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, I had one more thing I want to talk to you about before um, we get you the fuck out, out of off that microphone because I hate you. Um, which is that you also experience ASMR. Oh yeah, yeah. The neurological thing we were talking about before. Well, Emily was the one who, who told me about it and, yeah, and sent well, me videos. So when I, I found out about it, I told pretty much everyone I knew because I felt like it, it explained a lot of my weird behavior from the past. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think like why I everyone I've showed it to is totally amazed that like it is a huge community of people online and yeah. it is weird that it's all like young girls doing it so it makes you <laughs> super pervy when you tell people yeah. about it yeah. so, because it's all like and it's all, like a lot of like kids from England and like it's yeah. all, like a, a lot of kids with accents sort of thing but yeah. they're super relaxing. I don't yeah. know how intensely I, but even when you were describing it earlier, I was like, my hair started to tingle. Oh, yeah. Like, ah. yeah. It's Sometimes a very cozy kind of feeling. Describing what the triggers are. Well, and, the first time I experienced it was, like, I was uh, a PA in LA just driving around for, I, I worked for this, like, subsidiary, subsidiary of Fox, just driving around, like, delivering things all day. And on the Fox lot, there was this, um, there was a mail room that uh, only the PAs and people went into, like, and I went and uh, picked stuff up. And there was this old guy who was like, uh, maybe like 75, you know, I mean, I'm sure he's dead now, which is sad, you guys. <laughs> Why were you bringing it up like that? So, it's so he, unimportant. He was, a, he was a little like Mr. Rogersy looking guy with like a, a cardigan, and no one was paying attention to him. He was just humming to himself and like sort of moving things around and going, mm. and like, and, I would zone out and like start to yeah. like like almost like collapse into myself and just be like I can't watch this dude coming <laughs> himself. I was like, and no one's paying attention to his genius. <laughs> like, but like that was like the first time I told Mari about it. That's yeah. that's my wife. Yeah, I'm his sister. His sister. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Don't um, do a lot of uh, gestures on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. This is bowling. <laughs> um, so. It, was, it looked really good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, so you told that, that was the first time I experienced it. Though. Okay, I think the first time I experienced it was um, I was at camp where I was working as like a teen staff, and there was a girl. Yeah. Who, yeah. There's some camp people here. Um, in one of the talent shows, there was a girl doing um, traditional Indian dance with no music, and it has like a lot of hand movement in it. And I totally got like the tingly feeling and after she was done and I was like, you need to stick with that. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. She's like, yeah, man, thanks. Uh, thanks, yeah. dude. Yeah. So, See you at mess hall. Here's what I think. <laughs> uh, you publicly saying on our podcast that you have ASMR, I think you are 
probably the most famous person to admit to having ASMR. That is sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Sad. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Walls smattering. Yeah. Well, <laughs> one distinction though is like, I mean, I think most people who have it will say that it's not a sexual experience. But you... I... I, I... <laughs> damn it. Why you gotta put me on fresh here? Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's a slightly... Like, I don't know. Like, well, like the first time we talked about it, you were like, no, 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 I definitely feel it in my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it was an awesome cardigan <laughs> that the guy was wearing. Boner worthy. Uh, Yorma Taconi, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Please join the peanut gallery. Lisa, it's getting to be that time. Mm -hmm. What time? <laughs> it's getting to be the witching hour. I'm just kidding, it's almost expert hour. Um, I don't know, for those of you who don't listen to our podcast, uh, we like to close every, every episode by inviting some, like we talk a lot about stuff that we think we know and stuff yeah. that we're vaguely interested in, but we like to invite real experts on to tell us about real things that they know a lot about, and it's time now for Expert Hour. What does it mean, what does it mean, what does it mean? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> we need an expert, we need an expert, we need an expert hour. Lisa, do you want to explain a little bit why we chose these particular experts? Well, as we have been continuing to record episodes, a theme has emerged. Yeah. That, um, we aside from genitals. Yes, aside from genitals and um, aside from skepticism. We've yeah. mentioned uh, Mrs. Doubtfire and uh, specifically Robin Williams. Almost every episode. Every episode. Organically. Yeah. He's like our Superman. Like on Seinfeld, how they talk about Superman every episode a little bit. Um, our, our, uh, we keep talking about Robin Williams. And we tried really hard, because he lives in the Bay Area, we tried to get him on the show today. Spoiler alert, he's not coming. He flaked. He flaked. He totally flaked. We texted him. He just texted us back emojis. Um, really noncommittal. Uh, but so instead, we've decided to invite on two bona fide Robin Williams experts. So please welcome to the stage Professor William Robbins <laughs> and Dr. Adam Patch. Yeah. Woo! Thank you so much. Feel free to welcome to the show. Feel free to move those chairs out of the way if you need to or Hello. Hi. Good morning, Hemlock Tavern! <laughs> oh, uh, that's, that's cute. Kidding. Um, oh, that's yeah. ripping. Yeah. Um, so, first of all, first of all, which one of you is which? Uh, I am William Robbins. Uh, I specialize in dramatic Robin Williams roles, which is why I have a beard. And I am, uh, I am Dr. Adam Patches, and I'm uh, more of a familiar with the comedic roles problems. I'm clean shaven. I uh, got a doctorate of theology after I saw a license to wed. <laughs> well, you know what they say, the priests are like, oh, you're majoring in little boys, and I'm like, oh, just give me the degree. So uh, you are, you're clearly uh, 
kind of an, uh, he's a strong influence on you. He's a big influence on me. I teach a class at the Learning Annex. <laughs> the greatest place to get a degree that you can't get at DeVry. It's a three-hour lecture every week, completely improvised. Poorly attended. <laughs> so the, your class is about Robin Williams per- in particular. Robin in particular, yes. Just the comedies. I teach the drama class at he the Learning the drama class. Oh, nice. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, His class is more critically acclaimed. Mine brings in more box office revenue. So, so you guys have met before. You yes. Know each other. Yes. We met at a laser hair removal clinic. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's one thing that drew us to Robin. Was uh, you? You both also had a lot of body extra, hair, yeah. extra body um, hair. Yeah. Uh, chest hair. It's like, oh, he's more bare than man. And I was like, oh, just sit over there. Let me rip this off your back now. <laughs> right. <Okay>. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, do Do each of you have a favorite uh, film that he's been in? Well, yes. I've actually I've written five books. Oh, oh wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, three of them. The, there was. Goodwill Hunting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, behind the scenes of Goodwill Hunting. Okay. Oh. Great Will Hunting, <laughs> more behind the scenes of <laughs> Will Hunting. Best Will Hunting, <laughs> more, more, more behind the scenes. Yeah. And uh, oh. Worst Will Hunting, behind the scenes of uh, Finding Forrester. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. only four books. Oh, uh, yeah. Wh- uh, my Dreams Just Came. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sounds like that's an erotic thriller that you're reading behind. Yeah. You're going to read behind uh, another... No, it's it was 50 actually Shades of Grey, 49 Shades of Grey. <laughs> it's actually right. about the special relationship Cuba Gooding Jr. and Robin had on the set of What Dreams May Come. Oh, was it... Platonic. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. It, my so, dreams, though. My two favorite actors. Oh, so your do? dreams just came. Yeah, oh, it was, yeah. It's a self-referential title. Look, I didn't understand the joke at first because I don't understand humor. But so. by then it was already <laughs> published. Yeah, yeah it didn't yeah. sell very well, I'll yeah. be honest. So you specialize in his dramatic work. You Correct. specialize in his comedic work. I like his comedic work, yes. Have you written any books on the subject? I've written a couple of books on the subject. Yeah. I can tell you a couple of the titles right now. Uh, Man of the Bicentennial. Uh, Robin Williams is the preeminent. <laughs> More of a drama. Music figure. More of a drama. Uh, Popeyed and Bushy-Chested. That was... Oh, because he started uh, Good Morning and Good Luck Vietnam, which is how... Robin Williams brought, uh, went against the press boycott of the 80s with that movie, Old Dogs, New Tricks. That's very good. And then uh, <laughs> Tragic Relief, which is actually about another experience that uh, William and I had. Uh, we were both on the security detail at Comic Relief 23. If you remember that one, it was held entirely underwater as a tribute to Hurricane Katrina victims. It was... Oh, it's unsuccessful. It didn't yeah, work. that that wow. sounds like a uh, disaster. Yeah. Judy Tenuta was rushed to the hospital. It was it was uncomfortable. <laughs> oh she just she, she wouldn't let go of the accordion. That was the problem. I tried to pull her out, yeah. and ooh, it was weighing her down. Was yeah, that that sounds like a real. So you guys moonlight as security for Robin Williams related events. Just Se- the one time. Just the one time. <laughs> uh, I was also a PA on uh, the set of Night at the Museum Two. Oh. Wait, so what's your favorite? <laughs> oh, RV, by far. RV? RV, RV. RV is your favorite comedic Robert Williams classic. movie. Uh, for those of us who haven't seen that movie, which I'm guessing is 100%. Um, I've seen I've it. I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> so uh, the thing is, this is a unique Robin Williams movie because he's in some difficult situations, but really he just wants to spend time with his kids. And that doesn't happen in a lot of Robin Williams comedies. <laughs> Well, 
I think that happened in Mrs. Doubtfire. I think that's the premise of Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Um, Why are you talking about a Jim Carrey movie? Yeah, that's... What? Jim Carrey's not in Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, it is. That's a Jim Carrey movie. No, it's a Robin Williams movie. It's a Robin Williams vehicle. Have you? We? What are you talking about? Have you guys not seen Mrs. Doubtfire? That's a Jim Carrey movie. You guys are Robin Williams experts. Mrs. Oh. Mrs. Doubtfire is like the Robin Williams movie. Yeah. I can't. It's like one of his best movies. I blame. It's. Why did you see it? What did you see? Why didn't you tell me to well, see it? Well, it's not it? a big deal, right? It's it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And then the black guy's like, hey, it's not your, it's not your motherfucking fault, right? And then, it's, uh, and then the southern guy's like, oh, it's Obama's fault. And then, uh, then the gay guy's like, oh, this is the San Andreas fault. It's a really big fault. Oh, it's a great big crack in the ground. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, just, okay, I end yeah. up riffing it, sometimes. Yeah. It's my fault. It's, it's your, my fault. Okay. It's your fault. It's your fault. You guys had fault. almost a goodwill hunting moment there. Yeah. Almost. We're, we're not friends, though. So, what what was the movie we were talking about that we couldn't figure out which which side it would be on? Toys. Toys. <laughs> <laughs> that is, it's our it's our it's our hard one. We. That's we've, your well, only common we, ground. Oh, I, I we thought Patch we were, Adams. Oh, Patch Adams. Yeah, because that's a little I, funny and a little. Dramatic. I refuse to see Patch Adams. Why? Because of the DVD cover. He's wearing a clown nose. Clearly well, a comedy. Can I, can I cut? Yeah. yeah. Much like many Robin Williams dramatic characters, uh, William lost his wife. Oh, and, that's uh, true. He's, so sorry. he's dealing with the grief. One of the reasons was she had cancer. She had stage three cancer, and he took her to the circus. He took her to the circus instead of an oncologist, and she's not with us because he thought anymore. Last I am merely separated from my wife, and the stunts I've done to spend time with my uh, children. <laughs> oh. See, I really think I you dress- enjoy Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. I don't understand what you're talking. It's that the Ricky Lake movie where she poses as that's Hairspray. Oh, no. right. Uh. Mrs. Doubtfire, where he divorces from Sally Field and then he dresses up like a woman. Is that so the that movie with the back- priest molests somebody and Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it? No. That's doubt. Doubt. Robin Williams uh, isn't in that. Is it? Uh, um, okay. So. I'm not really sure what you're talking about. Wow, for someone who hates comedy, you're really losing it over there. I feel like somebody on the set of Aladdin. Yes. Uh, they were, there was no set for that movie. It was no, the there was a set. Robin Williams was in character every moment because he's committed to his craft. <laughs> you could ask him but three questions a day. Okay. He so, considered <laughs> questions wishes. It was he sometimes doesn't make he's great method. dramatic choices. It's hard to be method when you're in an animated. If movie. you asked him a third question, he it's would not. storm off the set. He would say, "I'm freed," <laughs> and then he'd show up the next morning like nothing happened. He'd be talking to Scottish accent. He'd be then he'd be a gay man. Then he'd be a black man. Then he'd be a southern man. Then he wouldn't be a man at all. It took seven years to film that movie. He was because seven of minutes at a time. <laughs> All riffing, no dialogue. Wow. You might as well just set that script on Doubtfire when you're dealing with Robin Williams. Okay, once again, I feel like you really should see this movie. I don't know, I'm not. <laughs> uh, so if people want to take your classes, how do they sign up? Okay, well, you need to be a resident of St. Paul, Minnesota uh, <laughs> to get the discount on the Learning Annex courses. Uh, there's a pre-interview. There's a post-interview. There's no interview, however. Uh, just and just also, pre and post. Hopefully, you're an American Studies major because it counts for double credit. Oh, very nice. There's some American Studies majors here who are very excited about that, apparently. 
And uh, if you know somebody that's good at removing hair from an awkward place in the lower back, we may be able to talk barter okay. on the tuition. Especially the oxtail region. The oxtail yeah. region. Yeah. <laughs> Both of us have prehensile tails. That's the other... We w- met at a support group as well that was connected with... I really think you guys are... Removal. Should kind of bury the hatchet and kind of embrace your... Well, well we did. We did have a... Well, you... Do you want to talk about the screenplay we're writing? No, go ahead. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. It teams up Mr. Crystal and Mr. <laughs> Mr. Williams again. At this point, their children that they had no idea about before have given birth to children that they had no idea about. It's called Grandfather's Day, and I think it might be good. It's and going then, to be very sad. And then we have an erotic thriller called Sex Toys, and LL Cool J is very, very interested, but I don't, I don't know if he's going to do it. Well, no. now, before we go, yeah. I have hidden Mr. Patch's book under everyone's What? Skin. What? And what I want you to do is rip out the first page, <laughs> rip out the second page, okay, okay. and throw that shit in the fucking garbage! Oh. Oh. Uh, oh, Captain, Professor my captain! Wa- Pro- no! Your turn! Finish it! <laughs> De- Dead Poet Society fans, anyone? Uh, Professor William Robbins, Oh, Captain, my patch. captain! Oh, Captain! No! My <laughs> captain! Oh, Captain! No one's going to do it. No one will do it. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, we do we want to do the lightning round before we did what? What did I learn? Uh, I think. I think we're good. We're good. We're good. Okay. <laughs> We've had a lot of shows so far. We have one final segment, and that because this is a learning show, <laughs> the segment is called. What did I learn? What did I learn? All right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Is it my turn? Well, we'll start with Alex. All right. Hey, Alex. What did you learn? Um, I learned that I forgot the format of this section of the show. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do. Natasha? (laughs) I learned uh, that I'm quickly picking up what the format of this show is. But I don't think I've quite got the hang of it <laughs> just yet. I learned that there should be some sort of a bat signal for Robin Williams to appear at San Francisco comedy clubs. I agree. I, yes. Yeah. And the bat signal would just be like, you put a lot of body hair in front of a normal spotlight <laughs> um, and then point that at the sky. Um, there, there actually is one, but it's a bobcat signal. <laughs> Inside joke. Inside joke. <laughs> he, was, he was taking bows for the people yeah. at home yeah. on that joke. Uh, uh, I, uh, I, I learned, I'm, I'm really just shocked that no one mentioned the movie Jack. Which is uh, fantastic. I would say is crown jewel in the uh, Robin yeah. What Robin Williams. That's the one where he is born someone who ages really quickly. Yeah, so and that's uh, that would be the movie I would want to say. Jack, just Jack two. Super. <laughs> super old. Su- yeah, super old. <laughs> super old twenty year old. <laughs> Your mother. Uh, I actually inscribed my first book. Life moves pretty fast when you have that disease from Jack. <laughs> 
If, if they if they did like ten Jason movies, I guess there could be a Jack Ten. <laughs> More than that. Uh, uh, what I learned, not on this podcast, but just from my own internal research, is if you watch the movie Jack and the movie Hook simultaneously, it actually looks exactly like watching Benjamin Button. So it's, <laughs> it's very intriguing. Professor, yeah, we Wo- didn't talk about Hook. We didn't talk about Hook. Well, we'll have to do another show. Professor William Robbins, what did you learn? I learned that people are not as into Robin Williams <laughs> as my co <cohort> <laughs> There, there is a band that actually played here at the Hemlock a few years ago, and they this is no lie, they were called Robin Williams on Fire. <laughs> I would not support I that. I hate that. I hate them. <laughs> I hope they never get signed. I hope their folders are thrown into a river. <laughs> Nate, what did you learn? I learned that I played a part in you getting hit in the cranium with a bowling ball. <laughs> which makes perfect sense. Yeah. Lisa. Uh, I learned you've been hit in the head by a bowling ball, which explains a lot. Yeah, stop saying that. (laughs) Uh, I learned you can get your hands stuck in the ball and throw it at the ceiling. Yeah. A lot of bowling knowledge. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what's stuck. Huh. Um, I learned that you can feel ASMR not only in your head, but also in your genitals. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Cardigans. What did you learn, Emily? Fuck, man. Uh, I learned a lot. I learned what not to put in my press kit when my band plays, (laughs) which is the word dusty. Or gauzy. Yeah, but what if my band actually is dusty and gauzy? I'll I'll figure it out. Uh, I learned so little about Robin Williams. Uh, We're saving it for the classes. <laughs> oh, you're just teasing it a little bit. Um, We're teasing it like we've got a flannel yeah. sock waiting to receive that knowledge. Oh, God. <laughs> this is why I hate comedy. <laughs> um, I learned how babies are made. Yeah, me too. Yeah, one way. Um <laughs> And I learned that I love San Francisco. Um, Thank you guys for coming out to the Hemlock Tavern for our first ever live episode. Um, Please uh, download, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Email us at babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com. I don't expect you guys in the audience to remember this. This is just for the people who are listening to the audio. Anything else we need to say at the end? Yeah, you can follow Emily on Twitter. At Mr. Emily Heller. I'm at Lisa Draws. Uh, Yorma? I don't know. Do you have anything to plug? Watch the second season of Girls. (laughs) Tony, do you have anything to plug? Folder underscore rock. On Twitter. Twitter. (laughs) Natasha? Uh, I have a monthly show called The Funny Night for Comedy, and the next one's January 13th with Scott Capurro, who was in... (gasps) Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire! So it's a Scott Capurro movie. We answered the question. Alex Cole, at Alex Cole. At alexmy.com is Alex Cole. Uh, <laughs> you can visit that. I also forgot to mention, it's my birthday yesterday. Oh! <laughs> so I would promote buying me drinks after this. Yeah! 
Uh, thank you guys. Uh, Nate, we'll, we'll plug your shit on the website. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming out. Uh, I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses.